Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. Uh, we've been doing a series lately, um, Holy Spirit Revived, and today I've titled my message, Stop, Abide, Revive. And some of you may see that that's a bit of a play on words um, from a, a, a campaign that was run on television um, here, don't trust your tired self. Does anyone remember uh, that being on television? Maybe I'll watch too much television. Um, what's really interesting, though, is I'm going to start watching people, right? Because it's actually been proven that when someone sees someone yawn, they actually start yawning. Oh, my gosh. There's some people already covering their, oh, don't do that to me. Um, don't trust your tired self. I know sometimes we've been in traffic. It doesn't happen too often in Mudgee, does it? But sometimes you see another driver and they take that big, and before you know it, a few minutes, seconds later, you find yourself taking in a big gasp of air as well. Uh, But we're told in in being um, conscientious of looking out for the signs of driver fatigue, we're told what to look out for, Uh, to know the signs, uh, which include, but are not limited to in any way, yawning, poor concentration, Sore or tired eyes, restlessness, drowsiness, slow reactions, boredom, oversteering. If you're a bit like me, you might actually just drift onto the audible line from time to time. Anyone ever done that on the, on the little rumble line on the side of the road? Often been guilty of doing that. And uh, my co-driver friendly reminds me in a, in a very nice way, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm driving the car. What's it look like I'm doing? Um, My dad was a classic. Um, As I said, it's not limited to all these signs. Uh, But uh, we'd be driving the car and all of a sudden my father would just break out in like one of the three tenors. It was like, and I'm like, what the heck? And and I say, dad, do you need to have a break? Oh, I'll be right. I'll be right. It starts off again. I'm like, my gosh, that is so embarrassing. New South Wales Road Safety website also provides drivers with six useful recommendations. Number one, plan to take regular rest breaks. Number two, pull over for a break in a safe place. Number three, arrange to share the driving. Number four, take a nap. 20 minutes works best, preferably not while you're still driving. Um, Number five, get a good night's sleep. Who knows a good night's sleep is always good for us. To get a good night's sleep. Number six, avoid driving after midnight. Um, you might recall uh, Dr. Carl. Uh, anyone recall Dr. Carl? Um, he had the uh, clock t-shirt and, or the clock shirt and he's talking about a microsleep can kill. And he spoke about this thing called the circadian rhythm, which is something that's inherent within all of us. We have an internal body clock and at certain times our body starts to run down and we need to rest. And uh, we were told again to know the signs and to be mindful of those circadian rhythms that our body actually generates. So we're well informed on the signs of driver fatigue and the recommendations to overcome them. But are we equally informed and aware of our own emotional and spiritual health? We, We get a lot of instruction on what we should put in our body. When we go to school, we learn all about the food pyramid. You know the food pyramid. And some people will tell you that certain layers are good and 
And maybe after a few years, they, they changed their mind on a few of those things. They might say, well, we, we thought those things were good, but now we've, we've done some more research and we found out these other things are much better for you. So we know what, what's good for us from a, a physical sense, but what about our spiritual and emotional health? And, and are we aware of what God's Word calls us to do? Do we consistently apply its principles and instructions to our own lives? We come to church on a Sunday, and uh, if we're uh, blessed enough, we might hear a word that speaks to us in some way. But you know, God's not limited just to speaking on one day. God's given us His Word to minister to our lives, but He's also given us His Holy Spirit, as we were discovering in communion today, to have communion with Him, and to have that fellowship with Him, and to have interaction with Him. And so what are some of the signs that I've found in my life, just on a personal note, and I'm just going to share some of those things with you, but what are some of those things maybe in your life that you find when you know that spiritually and emotionally you need just to actually check those rhythms and and check in with God and and what the Word of God declares for our lives? I I call it a Uh, tune-up. My my rhythms, the way that I do life, it just needs a tune-up. I need a tweak. And how do I recognize that? Well, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And and everyone will probably know this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Paul goes on to say, There is no law against these things. See, when I think about how my rhythms are going, I think the fruit of the Spirit is a pretty good place to start. In terms of looking at how well the fruit of the Spirit is in operation in my life. Am I, am I experiencing joy? Am I experiencing peace? Am I expressing thankfulness to God, to other people? Am I being gentle in the way that I speak and interact with other people? This is what I found. Instead of love, I can become easily irritated and indifferent towards people. Some of you might be able to relate to these today, but all of you might be saints with a halo over your head this morning. It's like, I will pray for you, Pastor Kent. Please do. I encourage you to pray for me. Instead of, as I said, instead of love, I've become easily irritated and indifferent towards people. Instead of joy, I can become cynical and grumpy. Why does someone do that? Like, what? What's, you know, instead of joy. Instead of peace, I can become anxious and entertain a false image of myself. Instead of patience, I can become short-wit and easily upset. Instead of kindness, I can become insular and insensitive towards the needs of other people. Instead of goodness, I can entertain mean-spirited thoughts and attitudes. Instead of faithfulness, I can begin to doubt the goodness of God and His promise to provide all my needs. Instead of gentleness, I can allow my speech to be harsh and my actions to be bristly carried out. Anyone ever been bristly? You might not be saying things to people, but your actions are expressing this person is stirred up. It's like the hornet's nest, just waiting, you know, just waiting for something to happen. You can tell instead of self-control 
I can allow my emotions to go unrestrained and for my mouth to spout hurtful words. And who knows what the book of James tells us about our words can be like uh, a small flame that triggers an amazing forest fire and sets a whole forest ablaze. And I'm remorseful that at times when I, I have found that I've been maybe worn down emotionally and spiritually, that these things have actually manifested themselves in my life. And um, as I said, unless everybody here today are absolute saints, I'm sure that you can relate in some way. So we've all lived through what's been referred to by many as a once-in-a-lifetime event. Uh, many of us are living daily with unhealthy expectations of ourselves and of other people. It's one of the biggest things that I find our interaction with, with other people, let alone us, you know, being comfortable with who we are, but also our expectation of others and the, uh, I guess, the ideal that we hold up before ourselves of what other people should be like uh, and, and interact with us, the way they interact with us. Others, other, others of us struggle at times with, as I said, a false image of, of who we are. We, we, we don't align our, our, our inner man with what the Word of God declares. Instead, we listen to uh, voices that may speak or suggestions that may come. I call it the little man in your head that wants to say, you blew it, you're not good enough, you're never going to make it, there's someone better than you, what are you doing, step aside. All these things that, that come to distract us and to take us off course, a false image of self, many People are surviving but are far from thriving. I believe that the pressures for many are real, and I don't want to harp on this for too long, but raising families, um, raising children, and the expectation that we have on the way that they will turn out <laughs> doesn't always align with, with reality. We can invest time and energy, and we can, we can take uh, uh, lessons and attend workshops, but still we find that we have challenges with our children and within our families. We might be beginning a new business, or we might be looking at winding one up. Uh, other things, we might be expanding an existing business, starting a new job. Who knows that starting a new job can sometimes be fought with, with some fears and concerns about How's this going to work out? How, how are people going to respond to me? How am I going to fit in? Is it going to be a good fit for me? Uh, for those of us that may be considering retirement, transitioning into retirement, moving to a new location, uh, moving to Sydney, Lucas, um, the loss of a loved one, leaving school and finding a career path, thinking about decisions that you need to make, strange relationship between spouses, children and parents, Increased interest rates, the cost of living, fuel prices in Mudgee being 10% dearer than everywhere else in the state. It's disgusting. All these things can cause us just to become a little bit unhinged, a little bit antsy about things. When I see these things start to rise within my life, I, I, I think I need to start to take a check on what's going on. There's some stats on burnout. Recent research conducted by recruitment firm ADECO found Australians are, most, are the most burnout workers in the world, with more than half, that is 53%, saying they had suffered from burnout over the past year. So these are you know, different research that goes on. 
You might have different opinions or see different things um, from where you stand. Um, but you know, it's, it's also been reported that because we live in a society now where we're always on. I, I, I think back to the days when people didn't have electricity. And as soon as the sun went down, it was like, well, it's time to go to bed. And as soon as the sun came up, it was like, well, it's time to get out of bed. But instead, some of us, we, we stay on, we hang in there, you know, midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning, if you're my son sometimes, if you're listening to this podcast later, Nathaniel, he edits the podcast, so um, I hope he listens to it. <laughs> uh, I think he might just do a cut and shut sometimes, though. Um, God bless him. But we're always on. You know, we can, we can pick up our smartphone and, and we get a notification. We can be in church and, and our phone buzzes and it's like, I've got to check that. That might be something that I need to attend to. We're always, always on. So what's going on? And in many cases, I would say wrong. And what do we need to do to change this? I just want to share three points with you and they are the title of today's message. And the first thing that we need to do is we need to stop. Just stop. <laughs> have, you, have you ever been in a situation and maybe you've been carrying on a bit and you've been told just to stop? Stop doing that. Just stop. I feel the Holy Spirit say to me sometimes, just stop. Come and rest in me. Come and rest in what my son has done for you. We need to stop and we need to rest in Christ. In the Old Testament, in uh, Genesis chapter 2, we read that God made everything. And on the seventh day, what did he do? He had a rest. It said God rested from all his work. And then later on, uh, as we go through uh, the book of Exodus, we read that God gives Moses a whole heap of instructions. And uh, one of those instructions is to keep the Sabbath day holy, a, a day of rest. In fact, it was to be such a day of rest that even when the children of Israel were given manna, that is this amazing heavenly food um, that I believe manna was like an interpretation of what is this, um, fell on the ground like dew and they would go out in the morning and collect it. But there was none that fell on the seventh day and what fell on the sixth day was sufficient to take them into the seventh day. So God didn't want the children of Israel to be involved in any labor but what he wanted them to do was he just wanted them to rest he wanted them to be able to reflect on his goodness reflect on all that he's done just be refreshed in his presence and look to him in uh, mark chapter 2 and verse 27 uh, jesus after his disciples had been um, uh, they left the synagogue and 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 they're a little bit peckish and, uh, and so they, they just, it was the Sabbath day and they actually took some heads of grain and, and, uh, and ate of those grains in their mouth. And some Pharisees that saw this happen said, oh, look at this, your, your, your disciples are, are violating the Sabbath. And Jesus goes on to tell them about David and, and his men and how they took the showbread and they partook of the showbread. And Jesus goes on to say that I've, I've, I, wanna, I want you to know that, that I am the Lord of the Sabbath as well. And see, for us as believers, Jesus Christ has become our Sabbath rest. He goes on to say here in, 
in verse 27 of Mark chapter 2, Then Jesus said to him, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. We don't just need physical rest, church, but we need spiritual rest for our souls. And one practice that I am uh, not pushing on anyone to partake of, but it's something well, well worthwhile for you to, to ask and seek the Lord on, is what day in the week do you actually rest? And, and withdraw from your regular activities. If you're retired, that might be every day. I can remember a guy that we had in at work once and he said, I've got nothing to do and all day to do it. I thought, wow, that's a life, isn't it? But at the end of the day, what day is a day for you where you can just withdraw and actually spend time meditating on, thinking on God's goodness and finding enjoyment in the creation or whatever tasks that you might be doing. But it's a time when you're re-energizing your spirit, you're re-energizing your inner man or woman on God and his goodness for our lives. Jesus had this to say in Matthew's gospel in chapter 11 and verse 28 to 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle of heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. See, God never wanted our lives to be weighed down, and yet the Jewish people trying to keep all the statutes and all the laws and all the requirements of the laws, they were a people that were, were weighed down. And Jesus said, you know, I've come that you might have life and life in abundance. And Jesus came to, to be a Sabbath rest for our lives. So we, can, we cannot strive any longer. We can't, we can't earn our salvation. We can't get there on our performance, but we get there on what Christ has done. We enter into that rest. And Jesus today, I believe, he just wants to communicate to our lives, take a rest in me. You know, stop striving. Just rest and allow my presence to come into your life. That, that uh, particular scripture in Matthew um, in the message says, are you burnt out on religion? Are you burnt out trying to be righteous, trying to be good, trying to be proper? trying to say all the right things and, and get all your ducks in a row. No, just trust in me and just rest in my work that I have done. This might sound a little strange to you, um, but recently we went on a holiday and uh, we actually said this to ourselves, we're going on a holiday to rest. It sounds a little bit counterintuitive, doesn't it? But Quite often when we go away on a holiday, we go to a new location or destination, somewhere you haven't been before, and we quite often go, okay, day one, we're going to hit the beach, um, we're going we're gonna to go canoeing, we're going to try out the kayaking, and, and day two, we're going to go up into the mountains, and day three, there's this train trip, and day four, there's this gondola ride, and day five, we're going to go and visit this market. And who knows that you can come back from a holiday and you're just absolutely like, my gosh, I need a holiday from my holiday. And see, Jesus doesn't want our lives to be like that when we come to him. He wants us to be totally satisfied and, and well-rested in our soul in what he has done for us. And not to stay in a place of striving and struggling, 
but allow his spirit to come and minister in and through our lives maybe i'm i'm preaching to myself this morning but i have a tendency to strive i have a tendency not just to allow the holy spirit to flow through my life at times and just to rest in him I believe we cannot truly get in touch with our inner self without first connecting and communing deeply with the divine nature and spirit of God. A lot of people uh, look to secular methods of finding inner peace. You know, we're going to employ this method and we're going to employ that method. Friend, can I tell you, I don't think you can actually arrive at that place apart from Jesus Christ. Apart from being totally at peace with what Christ has done for you, anything else I see is work of man, that we would want to substitute some other method or some other way of finding inner peace for ourselves. The Bible tells us that Christ has already done it for us. He's paid the price. He wants us to come and take a rest in Him, find ourselves in Him. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Amen? That's what the word declares to us. So number one, uh, we're to stop, we're to rest in Christ. Number two, we are to abide, and that is remain in Christ. John chapter 15 and verse 4 to 5 says, Get your life from me and I will, I will live in you. No branch can give life by itself. It has to get life from the vine. You are able to give fruit only when you have life from me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Get your life from me. Then I will live in you and you will give much fruit. Who wants to give much fruit? I, I want to give much fruit. We've got a couple of fruit trees at home and um, I won't go there. But sometimes they just don't produce. I want to give much fruit. Then I'll live in you and you'll give much fruit. You can do nothing without me. John 15 and verse 9, Jesus was still speaking. Famous chapter about abiding. And it says, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. And I love this version in the Amplified. And it says, and do not doubt my love for you. Does anybody ever doubt God's love for them? You know, we we, we sing a song. You might have sung it this morning, actually. You know, when I'm at my worst, you are still good. No matter what we're actually going through, God, His love remains. He remains still loves you see quite often um, we can we can see that our life can be based on our performance how well we're doing i just want to say this approval can often be based on our or another person's performance acceptance on the other hand is based on a person's value to god i want to say this know this that you are loved not only are you loved but you are valuable to him Do you know that you're valuable to God? The Bible tells us that he paid a a high price for you. And you might be here today and you might be thinking, well, Ken, I don't know. I mean, my feelings don't align with that. Can I encourage you to not align yourself with your feelings, but align yourself with the facts? God's word says that you were highly prized and God paid a high price that you would come and have a relationship with with him that you would come and have right standing with him so number one we had to rest in christ stop and rest in christ number two abide remain in christ and number three is to revive that is refresh in christ and the promises of his word the book of revelation is the last book of the bible 
and uh, I thought it would be apt to be the last scripture that I share this morning. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17 says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let each one who hears them say the same, Come. Let the thirsty one come. Anyone who wants to, let him come and drink the water of life without charge. Who this morning doesn't mind getting something for free? (laughs) Come on, let's be honest. We're all a little bit stingy. (laughs) We're all a little bit frugal. I remember in our workshop, we often get representatives come around and they would give you free product. And it was always good. Maybe maybe they'd throw a couple of shirts your way and, and things like that. Not only are you free to come, but it's free. Jesus said that freely, freely, I give unto you. I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty good deal. That we are to stop and take a moment thinking about the way that we can abide in Christ. And number three, that we'd live lives that would be revived by Jesus Christ and the promises of his word. I believe that, you know, when we think about coming freely, some of us always think, but there's strings attached. God's offer to us is not a a supermarket loyalty program. Anyone part of one of them? (laughs) Feels really good. Oh, you're going to get 20 bucks off your next shop. Yeah, I've already spent $1,000 with you. Thanks very much. Oh, you get four cents off your fuel. Yeah, thanks very much. You've stung me in groceries. See, God's offer is not like a loyalty program. You don't do anything. You don't earn anything. You don't spend anything. You just accept the gift that he's given. I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty good deal, church. That he would come, that we would have life. That he would come, that we would be revived in him. Today, let's accept his invitation to stop and come to Christ. Abide in his love and be revived and refreshed by his invitation to us to drink freely. I encourage us, church, this morning to be a church, to be a people that would just come to him and drink. God wants us to be people that are just yielded to his heart. Today, I just want to take a moment just to pray and if you're in this place and you're listening at a later date and you, you feel that there's things in there that I might have touched on today, maybe there's areas in your life that you go, yeah, look, you know, I think my rhythms need a tune-up. Can I encourage you just to take a step towards Jesus this morning? The, the, the offer is come, come and drink freely today. And I want to encourage you. If that's you today and you're happy to receive in your seat, then that's fine. But I want to encourage you not to go out of this place today or not to go away from this message today, not having received from him. He's asked us to come and drink. So Lord, we just want to thank you for your spirit. Lord, we choose today by faith to take a step towards you. Lord, to put our lives, Father, back into order. You are the one that makes order of our chaos. And Lord, we just pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you'd meet us in this place. Lord, let your will be done. Father, we pray for your kingdom to come in our lives. 
on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we just pray that you would meet with us in this place today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.